It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ live every weekday morning from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. We're headed through a series called Becoming Brave, and uh, this is episode three. Uh, I think it is a very, very significant uh, meditation for such a time as this. Uh, I, I love the title, Becoming Brave. It gets me all stirred up. And I love the subtitle, Stunning Composure While Staring at a World Crisis. That's what we all crave. That's what we all need. But that's what we all have in Jesus Christ. Uh, so part three is called Getting Culture Smart. Uh, that'll make more sense as we progress, because uh, at first it makes it sound like we need to be experts in what's going on in the culture when we sort of need to be experts uh, how to not participate in the thinking and the mindsets of the culture and participate in uh, the kingdom culture, because there is a kingdom culture that many of us forget to participate in. And that's part of what this is about. And I think it can be very, very important for you to understand how to stand strong as a believer in such a time as this. So uh, on the screen, I have a slide that says the strange warping of wisdom. You see, we all think it's wise uh, to do this, but listen to the concept. The, the notion is that I must know, I must ponder, and I must be anxious about, and I have a blank, sort of like you can fill in the blank, to prove wise. And, you know, I, I have a whole list of options of what I must know, what I must ponder, and must, what I must be anxious about. And we actually think that it is wisdom to know about these things in depth, to ponder them all day long, and to be anxious about them. Okay, now, you know, I'm just going to give you a list, a starter package, because there's many things that could fill that void. And, uh, but world events, if we don't know about what's going on in the world, then somehow we are unwise. This is a very common concept today. Now, I, I want to counter that by saying, just, even the tone I'm giving it could make it seem like it's, I'm totally incredulous about someone knowing about world events. No, I'm not incredulous about them knowing about world events. It's the idea that you have to know about world events, lest you know your world fall to pieces and you're totally responsible. You were unwise. You didn't learn all that you could about these things. Uh, devious intrigues. Boy, there's a lot of people that feel like they have to know about all the devious intrigues. Listen to this next one. And the cunning conspiracies that are out there. I must know what the enemy is up to. And I want to study the enemy's ways, the enemy's thoughts, the enemy's conversations. Okay. Now, and they, they call this wisdom. Okay. Now I'm, I'm, there's a few people that are already mad at me in this message because I'm really poking at some things that are uh, little bees nests, hornets nests, uh, in the conservative community. Uh, how about political muck? Yeah. I need to know all about that. I'm not going to be wise unless I know all about that and stew about that. And I'm anxious about that all day long. The behavior of darkness, a good summary for basically most of what I just said, that some of us feel obligated, sort of like we are not going to be strong believers uh, if we are not experts and get our PhD in the behaviors of darkness. Or how about this one? Going in a slightly different direction. My health. A lot of people spend a good deal of their time thinking about their health, stewing about their health, being anxious about their health. What if I got this? What if I caught this? Well, that's a very common thing, especially over the last two years with a pandemic. Uh, and so as a result, the amount of focus on these things, it's unwise if you don't think about this, if you don't stress about this, if you don't stew about this. Uh, my children's health. If you're a parent, boy, you know the bait for that one. Uh, my finances. 
my appearance. Okay, so we have a lot of different things that could fill this void, but we oftentimes deem it wisdom. And this is the great contortion. It is a perversion of the idea of wisdom to consider it wisdom to be fixated on these matters as if if you weren't, you are then responsible. Uh, and God's sort of looking down from heaven going, shaking his head going, well, you got what you deserve. You did not learn to do that. You did not think about that enough. You did not study all of that. Now, there's certain things that he has equipped us to, and he's given us very clear command of what we're supposed to focus on. However, this little list of things doesn't fall into it. And so it's interesting, I just want to put my finger on that, how we have justified such behavior under the banner of wisdom when in actuality it's not wisdom at all. So the goal, and my, my title on the screen needs an extra word in it, it's the goal of, it needs two extra words, the unwise wise man. Uh, so I guess we could have just called them the goal, uh, no, it still doesn't work uh, grammatically, the goal of the unwise wise man. And it's this. To know every possible way that I could potentially be harmed, hindered, and hounded by diseased, deranged politicians or diabolical anti-Christian groups, and by so doing, to prove wise. See, if I could think through all the different possible ways that they could get to me, all the different possible ways that I could be harmed by diseases, by sicknesses, and if I could build some kind of bulletproof bomb shelter for my emotions, my thinking, my mind, and my body, oh, then I would be wise. That's not what the Bible teaches is wisdom. So let's talk through the biblical mindset towards these same matters. What does God say? How does he desire us to approach a world crisis? How would he desire us to approach a financial collapse? How would he desire us to approach a pandemic? These are all very real things that we could be uh, needing to functionally as Christians know how to respond to. So what does the Bible say? Philippians 4, 6. Listen to this. This is quite something. Be careful for nothing. Now, I have an amplified version if you're seeing this in a video. And so I'm going to take the word careful and I'm going to expand it out. That word miram now, uh, be careful or anxious, fretful, worrisome, mentally preoccupied for nothing. So there is nothing in your life that you're supposed to be careful for, anxious for, fretful for, worrisome, or mentally preoccupied with. Now, technically, if I was going to expand that a little, I'd let you know that the Bible also teaches you're supposed to spend this miram now or this care actually on the glory of God and on the souls of others. In other words, you are supposed to have a care, if you want to say it that way, but it's in a very different direction than worldly things. So be careful for all those that list that I was creating for none of it. You are not supposed to be anxious over it, fretful over it, worrisome over it, mentally preoccupied with it. Isn't that interesting? Boy, that would change our life. Philippians 4.8. Uh, so I'm going to call this the fill four filter uh, because this Philippians 4 filter. This is how we literally are discerning what it is we're supposed to be focusing and fixating on. Whatsoever things are true, says Paul, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things, O Christian. Now, I added the O Christian on the end. However, 
we actually have a statement of what wisdom would look like. This is how we're supposed to handle our thinking. This is how we're supposed to handle our meditating. This is what we're supposed to be looking at. This is what we're supposed to be studying. And yet most of us have bought into the cultural lie. So when I say let's be culture smart, I mean, don't listen to what the culture says. Listen to what the kingdom culture says. What is the kingdom culture? What does heaven say we're supposed to fix our gaze upon? Well, it's very different than world disaster and financial collapse and pandemics and all the things we should be running like chickens with our head cuts off, cut off and screaming about. Flipping the wisdom argument. Could it be that it is more wise to not think on the things you are currently thinking about? Isn't that interesting? Instead of thinking that it's wise to think about those things, what if it was more wise to not think about those things? I know. Doesn't it seem like you're really throwing wisdom to the wind to not think about those things? And yet, are you? Whose definition of wisdom are you carting around? You see, if you're carting around the cultures or the world's version of wisdom, then yes, it would be very unwise to not know everything about COVID-19 and its latest strains. And uh, it would be unwise to not follow the financial trends and how Wall Street is doing. It would be unwise to not know everything about uh, the politics of our day and the arguments and where things are going and who's lying about what and what the latest fake news is. You see... This is actually a false bait for us as believers. And it's not wisdom to follow that, tra that train. It is actually wisdom to abort, to go in a totally different direction, to repent and say, Lord, I've been spending my mind in the wrong fashion. If you want to become brave, you have to learn how to think on God's thoughts. That is the secret to bravery and courage, to stand with stunning composure while staring at a world crisis, you have to know how to handle that thought life. And that thought life is the core strength for the believer. Attempting to apply modern Christian wisdom to the Apostle Paul. So let's walk through this. Let's say the goal is when we as believers approach the scriptures, hey, let's all be like Paul. Well, why would we say that? Well, Paul himself in Philippians 4, 9 says, those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Well, we want the God of peace with us. And so what do we need to do? Well, we need to be like Paul. We need to follow Paul. We need to do what Paul did. We need to speak what Paul spoke. All right. That sounds like a great idea. That sounds like wisdom, doesn't it? However, we run into a problem. And the problem is uh, Paul was um, stoned for doing what he did and saying what he said. Now, a lot more happened to Paul, too, but I'm just giving you one example from Acts 14, 19 through 20. They stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city. Supposed However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. Now, I want to ask you, how's your wisdom meter doing right now? So you came up with the original goal of saying, I want to be like Paul the Apostle. But then as you start to look further into Paul the Apostle, you recognize that it doesn't seem very wise to be like Paul the Apostle. And so the solution that many of us have come to is enjoy the beauty of Paul's words, but don't follow his advice. After all, that would be unwise. Is it unwise to follow Paul's advice? To do as Paul did, to speak as Paul spoke, to act as Paul acted. You see, 
this is the twist of wisdom that we have had happen in our culture where we have begun to we have begun to buy into the notion that to actually preserve our own life and our own skin and to think about ourselves is the wise thing to do when in actuality there is uh, no greater stupidity than to have the word of God and to not heed it. We have been given the lifeline. We have been given everything we need to thrive in this time of our life, in this time of history. And yet to throw that out and to not take it seriously right now, boy, that would be the height of stupidity, not the height of wisdom. Accepting that God knows best. Have you ever gone through a process like this? I have where I have had to dethrone my own thinking. I'm going to call it my own brilliance because it is funny how we think ourselves smart. However, when our own smarts start to get into the way of us actually obeying God and trusting that he knows better than we do and that his wisdom is actually a capital W wisdom, you see, whenever our brain is starting to push away at God's commands and God's way and God's pattern— I mean, if I just thought on those things, well, then how would my life work? You see, all of our super intellectualism that actually stymies our ability to thrive in the life of Christ. So I remember going through a process. I don't remember how many years ago it was. It's probably close to two decades ago now. But where I actually made a conscious decision to dethrone my mind, to lower my mind and to relegate and to bend the knee of my mind to the word of God and to say, God, I believe that your word is is smart. I believe it is wisdom. I believe that you know what you're talking about. You created me after all. So I am going to bend my mind and the knee of my mind before it and say, Lord, what you say goes. And that's what leads to a brave life. I'm just telling you, this is what the making of brave is all about. You see, it is allowing the word of God to take its right position instead of allowing the cultural notions of the day to reign supreme. A different sort of wisdom, one that doesn't fear, is not anxious, and cannot be cowed. You see, political correctness is the wisdom of the day. If you really want to succeed in business, if you really want to be popular, if you really want to have, you know, whether it's your Facebook or your YouTube channel or your website of any kind, your podcast to thrive, you, you need to sort of avoid what Eric's saying right now. But the kingdom wisdom does not fear. It is not anxious and it cannot be cowed. It follows God no matter the consequence and the cost. And that is actually wisdom. So I love the character Joshobium. He's one of David's mighty men in the Old Testament. And he's written about multiple times, Chronicles and 2 Samuel. And he was called the Tachmanite. Another translation, another part, another uh, time he's described, he's the Hachmanite. Both of them mean the same thing, which is the son of wisdom. So I want to know what this guy behaved like. What does the son of wisdom do? And so listen to this. First Chronicles 11, 11, Joshobium, who's the son of wisdom, lifted up his spear against 300 killed by him at one time. And then uh, Joshobium, the son of wisdom in 2 Samuel 23, 8, killed 800 men at one time. See, he's all by his lonesome against 800, against 300. What do you think his mom would say? Uh, Joshobium, let's use wisdom here. Let's not go out against 300 all by your lonesome. Uh, Joshobium, let's use wisdom here. Let's not go out against 800 all by your lonesome. And yet this man is called the son of wisdom. 
You see, everything about the scriptures is going to call us to do things that go against our earthly wisdom. And yet, which one is correct? To think as the world thinks and to do as the world would do and to self-preserve or to give God his due and to heed him exactly as he's asked us to do and to step forth against the 300 Philistines, against the 800 Philistines and take them on in the glory, for the glory of God in the name of Christ Jesus. Following a different pattern of, quote unquote, wise. So here's some great illustrations of us being called to follow a different pattern of wise. John 13, 15, this is actually Jesus speaking. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Now just ponder that for a second. How, what has he done for us? And that's pretty extreme. And yet we're supposed to do that. There is a model, just like in the Philippians 2 model of becoming a servant, humbling ourselves, becoming obedient, even unto death, even the death of a cross. Because this is where God, God's exaltation plan comes in. His strength plan comes in. It comes in and through that door of humility. And it seems very unwise for God to do what he did. God, you're God. You shouldn't come to this earth. You shouldn't. No, no, no. Don't go into, you know, be born uh, of, a, of a girl, a young girl. And oh, no, no, not in Bethlehem. Uh, oh, this isn't going to look good. This isn't going to translate good, uh, translate well into the culture. And so as a result, everything didn't look wise, but it was. It was a capital W wisdom that changed the world. It changed my life. And I want to participate in that sort of wisdom. And this is one of the crux aspects of becoming brave, is you have to think differently than the world. You have to approach your life differently than, obviously, the cultural climate we have in Christianity today, even. Here's another uh, passage. This is Peter speaking in 1 Peter 2.21. For to this you were called, speaking of suffering, because Christ also suffered for us leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. What? That doesn't sound like wisdom to follow his steps into suffering. That isn't the way we think in American Christianity. And yet this is the word of God. So is this wisdom or is this some flagrant foul? Like, well, that might have meant something 2,000 years ago to people, but we actually are smarter than the scriptures today. And I would say this is where we need to scrap our human wisdom, our own culturally uh, crafted wisdom in the church today, and we need to get back to God's wisdom. Uh, Paul is going to say this in Philippians 3.17, Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. Paul was a pattern of the wise life. And yet everything in his life, if you study the book of Acts and you watch what he does, I don't think you're going to in your instinct, native instinct, say that that was wise. It's like, Paul, 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 what are you thinking? Agabus just warned you that if you went into Jerusalem, you were going to be bound. Uh, what would wisdom say? Now that you know that you're going to be bound, you wouldn't go. And yet Paul says, I am desirous, I'm willing to suffer for Jesus Christ. Is this your attitude? Is that wisdom? You better believe it. It's wisdom. So here's my main point that I've built all of that to say. I believe that God wants to give us a PhD in good news. See, many of us have been working on our PhD in the bad news. We know all about the politics. We know all about the corruption. We know all about the conspiracy theories. We know all about the junk. 
We know all about the evil stuff that's behind all these things like COVID-19 and, you know, election results and the various things that the conservatives, you know, we're, we're up in arms over. And yet, how many of you have been spending your time getting a PhD in good news? The kingdom of heaven is built on good news, not bad news. And as a result, that is what our specialty should be. This is our key study. What God is doing in this earth is what matters, not what the enemy is doing. The enemy can do things, and he's been doing them for thousands of years. What the Bible is about is what God is doing in the earth. So if we're going to be students of Scripture, we're going to become students of good news. We're going to become students of God's working, not the enemy's working. God's conspiracies and not the enemy's conspiracies. I don't care what the powers of darkness are up to. I know that they are defeated. I know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. I know that if God be for me, who can stand against me? I know that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I know that no weapon fashioned against me, and that includes the entire church, can prosper. I know the word of God. I know the good news. And when I know the good news, I can be brave in it. And so as a result, for those listening to this right now, if you haven't been so offended that you you turn this off, what my desire is, is that all of us would repent of spending our energies, our mind, our anxieties on the earth's issues and the earth's cares. And I want us to turn that and spend our care on the glory of God and on the lost souls of those around us. You see, there is a reason to weep. There is a reason to have grief. There is a reason to press in prayer in agony, but it is not for the reasons that most of us have. Most of us are in agony because we are concerned about our own skin. We are concerned about our own financial portfolio. We are concerned about our own health, but this isn't what God built us to spend ourselves on. It does not mean that those things don't matter. However, we trust that when we seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, when we care about those things, he cares about us. He cares about our skin. And that's why we can be brave and spend our skin for him. So a PhD in good news, listen to this line, he who obtains it obtains a wise degree. Now that's uh, it's sort of a play on words from 1 Timothy 3.13, speaking of deacons, for they that have used the office of a deacon well purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith, which is in Christ Jesus. It's interesting because being a deacon means being a servant. That's what a deacon is. And so when we make these decisions to heed God's ways, which don't seem very wise, in fact, being a deacon, very unwise. Why would you be a servant in the church? Come on. When we actually choose to become experts in God's kingdom, when we get our PhD in his kingdom, we're getting a good degree. That is the way to live. That is wisdom. What should we be most learned in? So I'm going to give you an answer. What should we be experts in as believers? The answer, what God is doing in this earth. That's what we should know. And what God is wanting to do in the person you're talking to. So there's someone you're talking to right now, someone in your life. You want to have a PhD. You want to be an expert in what God is looking to do in their life. You don't need to know all that the enemy is up to. But if you know those things, you're a threat to the enemy. 
the principle of boldness. A bold believer is one that spends his time doom-proofing his or her soul rather than disaster-proofing his or her life. In other words, when we're being built by the, by the Spirit of God and being constructed according to the pattern of the Word of God, we are being doom-proofed where we rise above the storm instead of being saturated and, and uh, stuck beneath it. Winds and waves can beat against us, but we will not fall because we have an elevated mindset, a heavenly perspective on what is taking place. And so this is the doom-proof soul. And when we focus on that, then we actually are bold. However, when we spend our time trying to disaster-proof our life, we lose all courage and all boldness and become cowardly. So as I'm going through this series, I'm going to be collecting what I'm calling 10 facts that make a believer brave. I've been wondering, should I have removed the word number 10 just in case? Because there probably will be if Leslie uh, is doing what I'm hoping she's going to do, which is a biographical sketch added to this series each week. Then it's, I'm going to have a lot more than 10 episodes, but the main things I'm focused on in this are basically 10 key truths. And so I'm going to start building those out. Uh, so 10 facts that make a believer brave. God promises to, number one, make you inwardly doom-proof. And number two, God promises to give you a PhD in good news. If you desire to think God's thoughts, He will give you the mind of Christ. He will give you his triumphant perspective. He will give you an expertise in the good news. God's blessings. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellersley.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Thanks for listening.